Welcome to the Tax Cell Podcast, where tax cell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Dimon. I'm a tax cell veteran, expert, and trainer. I'm the author of the Tax Cell Playbook, founder of the Tax Cell Academy, and I'm your host right here on the Tax Cell Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. And as always, at the conclusion of this podcast, if you're looking to learn more about investing in tax defaulted real estate, including tax liens and tax deeds, head on over to TaxCellAcademy.com. That's TaxCellAcademy.com. All right, on today's podcast episode, we'll be talking about homes versus vacant land. If you've read or you listened to my story, you probably know that I spent a lot of my time, a lot of my career, investing in vacant properties, specifically vacant lots. But what most people don't realize is that I've also bought hundreds and hundreds of homes as well, tossed in the random acreage, commercial properties, and other unique stuff, and I've been involved in just about everything. But from time to time, I get asked, why vacant land instead of homes, or why homes instead of vacant land? What should I invest in? Is there a specific property type that is the most profitable? Well, here's what I want you to know before you get started. You can make money in vacant land. You can make lots of money in vacant land. And you can also make money in houses. You can make lots of money in houses. You can make money in buying and selling just about any property type that is offered through tax-defaulted auctions. And one thing I want to point out, is that you should never, ever limit yourself to just one property type if you're comfortable and able to invest in other property types. You'll obviously enjoy and be more comfortable investing in what you know. You'll be confident doing one thing, but don't step over a nickel on your way to a dime. Pick up both the nickel and the dime. So what I want to do in today's episode is I want to dissect this a little bit further, which is going to be best. We know that we can make money in either one. But what I want to do is really dig in and take a deeper look and determine which one will best fit your investment objectives. We're going to talk about seven things that will factor into the property types that you're going to be buying. Some are based around you specifically, and others aren't, like the first one. Let's talk about selection. In some areas that I invest in, there are densely populated areas that have been developed for decades and decades. And guess what? There's not going to be too much vacant land available to purchase in those areas. And in other areas that are very, very rural, they've had very little development over the centuries, you're not going to find many homes to invest in in those areas. So one thing to realize is that the area that you're planning on investing in can really push you towards a specific property type to invest in. If it's not available for purchase, then you just can't purchase it, right? You can't invest in it if it's not there to invest in. So keep this in mind. And one thing to take a look at when you're trying to figure out which areas to invest in are the past auction results. These should really help to clue you in on what types of properties are typically for sale in that area. Secondly, let's discuss your budget. Apples to apples, a lot that has a house on it is going to cost more than a lot that does not have a house on it. How much money do you have to invest? Should you invest that money into one house or maybe two or three lots or whatever ratio works best for you? Generally speaking, when you buy a house, you're also going to have more after-the-fact expenses that are also involved in that investment. Consider the cost to maintain that house. Consider the cost that it's going to have higher holding taxes, that you might need insurance, that you might have to make repairs. All that kind of stuff must be factored in. The ongoing cost of houses are certainly going to be higher when compared to vacant land, but the potential returns might also be higher. So make sure your budget is appropriate for the properties that you're planning on buying, both during the acquisition stage as well as that holding period. What about competition? There are some areas where you'll have virtually no shot at buying a house. 
or you'll have virtually no shot at buying a vacant lot. Or you're buying in a specific area and nobody will let you buy in that area. Or maybe if you do get to buy in that area, you buy, but you're gonna be overpaying. In many of these types of situations, you're gonna be competing against investors who are not making their money at the acquisition stage, but instead they're making their money on the back end, perhaps as a long-term rental, or maybe through owner financing. Or maybe they're just using loan money at low interest rates, hoping to make a very small spread. And that's okay, accept it. There's nothing you can do about that. But just understand that your competition can have quite a bit to do with what you're even able to purchase. Another thing is to consider the location that you're investing in. I spent the better part of my life investing out of state. And I bought plenty of properties out of state that required quite a bit of effort. Usually these properties will have structures on them of some sort. If you're local to a property, you can easily manage just about any type of property, no matter what's on it or what goes wrong with it. If you're not local and you have a difficult property that requires showing, repairs, remodels, all sorts of other issues, it's going to take some added effort or at least you'll have to have some systems in place well in advance and all this takes effort. Something else to factor in is that it can be absolutely miserable to invest in certain property types in certain areas. I speak from personal experience and I still have all the citations for my code violations to prove it. How about your experience? There's a big difference between a vacant lot, a turnkey house, and a dilapidated house. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Being ambitious is one thing, but being naive and blind to a challenge, that's another. If you've never lifted a hammer before or you've never hired or spoken to a contractor or subcontractor, then you probably shouldn't be investing loads of money into a piece of property that's going to require an extensive rehab. Believe me, I've seen this more than once. If you buy something that's above your skill level, you're almost guaranteed to lose money. So buy within your skill level based on your experience. What about the demand for the property type in that specific area? Maybe you found lots and lots of vacant properties that you can get very, very cheap. Let's think ahead here though. If you buy them all, you must have somebody to sell them to, to realize your investment. Well, who are you going to sell them to? In a situation where you have no buyers, just because you have a huge selection of properties, maybe you should go after the other property types instead that have more end user demand, but they might cost more, they might have more competition, and they might have a smaller selection. Likewise, some areas you might want to avoid altogether if the property type demand is not there. A few areas, for example, in 2009, 2010, had lots and lots of homes for ridiculously cheap prices. But there was absolutely zero demand in these economically depressed areas. The population growth was negative year after year. So buying those homes was pointless. It was a losing battle. So always work backwards to determine the demand first, and then you can help determine where you should buy homes or land. Work backwards, and you can choose which would be a wiser investment. Lastly, let's talk about your confidence. Are you confident investing in something? Sure, you can come across something that is intriguing, that has the potential to make you a lot of money, and that you can buy, but are you really confident about what you're doing? Or will you be second-guessing yourself the entire time? Many times, if you're not confident and you second-guess yourself even before that purchase, there's probably a reason why. Maybe you spent your entire life investing in homes or improved properties and you see 10 lots available, but you have no idea what you should do with them. Or perhaps you invested in nothing but vacant land and now you see 10 dilapidated homes. 
Some of the most successful raw land developers that I have ever met will try to invest in single family homes. I mean, they might buy spec homes or might buy homes to remodel and flip them. And guess what? A lot of times, no matter how smart they are with vacant land, they will completely bomb in single family homes because they just aren't confident in what they're doing. They're second guessing themselves. They have zero experience. So you need to be confident in what you invest in. If you don't have that confidence yet, that's okay. It's something that you can work up to as you gain experience and the required skill sets. So as you can see, guys, these are just seven of the factors to consider when it comes to investing in vacant land versus homes. And again, there really is no correct one-size-fits-all answer here. The fact of the matter is that you can make money in any type of real estate as long as you have a plan, know what you're doing, and you buy it correctly. So instead of being a home investor or a land investor, instead of choosing an avenue, be that well-rounded investor. Be an investor who can identify the market and take advantage of the properties that fits well within their investment objectives, their skill sets, and the market itself. Buy because it's a solid investment. Hopefully this has helped as you start reviewing your next tax sale auction list and you're trying to determine which type of investment is going to be best for you. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you haven't done so yet, head on over to TaxSellAcademy.com. Check out all the amazing resources we offer for you, including the Tax Sell Playbook, which is a physical book that we would love to ship for you if you just cover the cost of shipping. Again, that's TaxSellAcademy.com, and there's a link down below in the show notes. And as always, guys, if you found this episode helpful or any other episode helpful, please take a few seconds out of your day to leave us some positive feedback. We notice every single five-star review and every single positive comment. We are so thankful for each and every one of you who have taken the time out of your day to do so already. Guys, take care and make it a successful day. Bye-bye.